0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it is Ian here with you. And Toby. Toby's sitting in the secondary chair tonight for Mark, who would normally be here, but has taken something like a week and a half off from the show, so... Uh, this won't be the only night that you're sitting here, Toby. You're going to be joining us again, I believe, next Monday night. So uh, look forward to a double dose of Free Minds TV's Toby. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always nice having you here, and uh, we don't get to have it happen often enough. Of course, you're uh, you're busy with like five jobs or something like that, and you're, of course, hosting your uh, your television show and your new syndicated radio program, Free Minds Radio, and people can get more information about that over at freemindsradio.com
1: or freemindstv.com. Yeah, however way, whichever way you
0: I want to do it. And uh, you guys are back up on the uh, full-to-full operation on the TV side. I saw this past week's uh, interview with your director, Lauren Canario, who's been released from federal prison after almost 30 days being held for refusing to turn
1: over her cell phone at a uh, federal uh, court facility. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to have your full crew behind you when you're making a TV show. I mm. mean, radio is nice because you could just show up and do it, but on the TV <laughs> yeah. side, when your director routinely gets thrown behind bars, it makes it's it, it a little bit difficult. But, I mean, volunteers step up and come and help out, so it's nice to live here in Keene where... Even if Lauren's locked up, someone usually is there to step up to take her place so we can still do this show. So while it's not always easy when she's not there, we we were able to do it anyway.
0: That is one of the nice things about uh, being here in New Hampshire is that you're backed up by a bunch of activists. And I, th- th- I guess that's looking on the bright side is if uh, your director's not here, then it gives somebody the opportunity to learn uh, to try their hand at uh, pressing the buttons behind the booth. Absolutely.
1: The only issue with that is Lauren's the one who teaches everybody. So what she's got, it's kind of like people just fumbling around trying to figure stuff out. But it's a good time. Well, in the meantime,
0: when now that she's out, she can uh, I'm sure help some new folks learn the trade. And if you guys uh, are interested in coming up here and getting involved in you know creating uh, Liberty Media or doing activism, we'll tell you more about the Free State Project here in a little while. Uh, We're going to take we are going to take your phone calls as always about anything. That is the point of the program, regardless of who is hosting, we start by going to George in DC on the AMP lines. Hello, George. Hey guys. Hey there, what's on your mind tonight?
2: Hey get, hey, get this. I don't know if you probably heard he might have, but just the other day an Iraqi reporter threw his shoes at George Bush.
0: He he threw his
1: shoes?
2: Yeah, Bush was holding some he was like taking his last tour of Iraq before stepping down. Hmm. He was holding a press conference and one of the reporters out of nowhere grabs one shoe, just throws it right up the bushy bed, he like dodges it, like, whoa. And then the, the, the Secret Service didn't do anything, so the guy grabbed a second shoe, threw that, wow. and then that's when finally the Secret Service jumped on the dude.
1: A double shoeing. Yeah, I guess it's, a, it's quite the insult in the that's Arab what I was world thinking. to throw a shoe, or even show the soles of your shoes, I think, is an insult. And wow. to throw a shoe is the ultimate insult.
0: Right, essentially the idea is that, uh, I mean, I'm speculating here, I'm no expert on uh, the Arab world, but it would seem that a shoe is kind of a dirty item and that uh, yeah. trying to, I guess, touch somebody with it could be considered a
1: real Yeah, insult. I guess when they ripped down some of the big statues of Saddam Hussein and other statues that were there, the Iraqi people are out there beating them shoes. with their shoes and oh, throwing okay. shoes, so wow. uh, this isn't an isolated incident with throwing of shoes. Yeah. I guess there's some significance behind it. George, did you have any other but, thoughts yeah, for us? I wonder,
0: though,
2: how, this, how the Secret Service let the guy get his other shoe off you know like that to throw it again. I mean talk about a big failure on the yeah. Secret services part. I yeah. um, think about it they should have just jumped on that dude, like, wide on rice right, the second that, that, that his hand just went up to throw the first one.
0: You would think. Uh, I mean, that's what they certainly – they certainly tout themselves as they you know, very crack team of security experts.
1: Where were they? Well, they were so cracked that they realized it was just a shoe and, and didn't have to do anything about it. I that's how that's good that's they a are. possibility, <laughs> but it could have had a bomb
0: in it. Who knows? Uh, and, but yeah, I know. Tell me about it. could have had a bomb anthrax. Yeah, I mean, you
2: name it. It could have – than anything in that show. Hey shoe. George, and, you know, since yeah.
0: we, since we have you on the line, you work for the TSA uh, as your day job, and I'm curious. I saw something over at Bureaucrash Social recently posted by Pete Air, uh, Air the, uh, the he's the the or head organizer there, I guess facilitator whatever he calls himself, the uh, president of Bureaucrash, and he uh, he I guess he lives in the D.C. area as well as you do, and he mentioned that apparently now. Not only are the D.C. cops doing subway platform searches, randomly stopping people in the subway, but apparently they're also now going to, or apparently they've been doing this for a couple months since the election, Uh, they have been able to board buses and actually search passengers. And subways or I heard board the passenger. That, I
2: don't take public transportation hardly at all because there is none to get from my house to the airport anyway. I guess it's all a right, different government
0: a- bureaucracy anyway. It's the TSA versus whatever the DC Metro yeah, bureaucracy. Yeah, that's
2: right there. They do their thing, we do our thing. They never tell us nothing, you know how that goes. That's bureaucracy. Yeah. Oh, anyway, oh by the way, um I also wanted to talk about how, how I just switched to team over and got the new Google G one phone. Ooh, right the there. the the
0: Google Android uh, phone. What what's that like? Is it nice?
2: Oh uh, that's nice. It has pretty much everything the iPhone has as far as I can tell, with the exception of iTunes that is. Was it cheaper? And, uh, it's got a, yeah, it's a hundred dollars cheaper and you get a real keyboard unlike the iPhone. Right there. Cool. So you can, it's it's easier to text and send emails because I, I tried, like one of my friends' iPhones, I tried, you know, typing messages on that and um, I keep hitting the wrong things because there's not a real keyboard it's the virtual one. Hmm. You would need, like, a little pen just to punch it yeah. in.
0: Not accurate enough right. for our big fingers. Thanks, George. Pre- appreciate the call yeah. tonight. 800 259 9231. So, whatever you want to discuss, whether it's the uh, police state or your new
1: gadgets. Google taking over
0: the world. Well, it wouldn't be so bad.
1: I, I think I'd rather have Google in charge of the world than some uh, g- government bureaucracy. Well, they have an incentive to create some fine products and some nice software out there that makes my life a whole lot easier. It sure and does. That's a lot better than the government does. So. Well, and people have their critiques of google i mean i there there are some critiques out there and i'm sure they're
0: valid there's i guess their privacy policy isn't the greatest or something like that and you know people are worried that they're going to give some info to the government and the fact is any company is likely to roll over for the government i mean most likely if you're dealing with a company whether it's google or whether it's your phone company or whatever it is Odds are really good that whatever government agents come – when a government agent comes in and says, you must do this, odds are real good the company is going to say, okay, sure. And it's very rare that you see any sort of examples of companies uh, standing up to the government. I believe Quest Communications actually did stand up to the whole government wiretapping thing, and so – to them they deserve big credit for that so when a company actually does stand up to the government and says no we don't want to help you in your little mission to uh, micromanage everyone and control the world they definitely deserve some kudos and they deserve to be mentioned but the fact that it it happens so seldom is why it's so newsworthy when
1: a company actually says no absolutely and while it doesn't make me feel real comfortable that google's collecting all this information about me i'd rather them have it than the government and the government's also out there i'm sure collecting information out on me as well. So while it doesn't make me feel completely comfortable, I'd rather have Google have my information than the federal government or something, like some organization like that. And the fact is, I mean, the Google services are just, they're great. Uh,
0: the, the Google Mail is is fantastic. Uh, it's what we use for the kind of the back end for the Free Talk Live Mail system. It doesn't cost us a dime, so it helps keep operating costs down, and the quality is good. Uh, we, we're now using them for the, uh, the website statistics. We used to use an old web program that kind of took the web statistics and calculated it all, and it was kind of clunky, and now the Google one is just so slick, and it's all based in, on their website, and it's just amazing. So credit to them. Uh, and I wish it was the other way around, though, Toby. I wish we were reporting on news of the occasional company that actually – uh, caved in to the government. I wish that was what the newsworthy item was. Like, oh, today, you know, Verizon obeyed the state. I wish it was the norm that companies would just say f off to the government people when they came
1: around, but it's just not that way. That would be nice. I don't see it happening sometime in the future. I mean, no. companies are so embedded with the government with their secret deals and stuff, or their their sweetheart deals. Not always secret, but. They're in bed with the government a lot of the time with certain deals that makes them well turn over when they 're asked to
0: and even if it 's not really like a a deal or even if they 're not even if they don 't have a contract necessarily with the state, then they do have a corporation which is granted by the governments that's essentially protection granted by the government, so they have that and plus i'm sure a lot of businessmen, even though they might like the idea of liberty. At the same time, understand that if they say no, they're going to be targeted by the state for various different enforcement actions. And they didn't get into business to to, to be civilly disobedient, I guess is what I'm saying. They didn't get into business to non cooperate. So I understand all of that. I understand that uh, it's their money that's on the line, not ours. So it's easy for us to sit out here and critique them for it. I just hope that someday things will change. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streaming. We've got a broadband version of the show, as well as a dial-up version uh, and a webcam version. So get it all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com and join us uh, coming up here in early March for the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. Toby, are you going to
1: be coming out to this one? Absolutely. I can't wait. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's isn't always it? a good time and there's always. All sorts of different speakers that I'm yep. looking forward to going and seeing. And There's a
0: good list so far oh, this yeah.
1: year, including
0: Glenn Jacobs, uh, also known as Kane from the WWE. He was one of the attendees last year. This year, he's got a, apparently got a speaking engagement, which I think is great. Uh, Richard Heller from the Heller versus DC gun decision from over the summertime, pretty big Supreme Court case. He and both both he and Glenn are actually Free State Project members. Not all of the speakers are Free State Project members, but we're hoping that more of them will become. Free State Project members. People like Mary Ruart, for instance. I think we need to put her on the spot. That would be so awesome. Get her she to sign care. up. Uh, she'll be speaking there this year. And a whole bunch more. Go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum to get the full list of the speakers. Uh, but it's not just about seeing the big names. It's about meeting the activists. It's about the uh, the social networking opportunity that is the Liberty Forum. You've got dinners. You've got uh, luncheons. You've got panel discussions, uh, the, the after-hours parties, socializing opportunities uh, all over the place all weekend long you'll get to meet a lot of the people that you hear calling this show the people you hear us talking about that are really doing the uh, the boots on the ground r- real activism here in New Hampshire uh, as part of the Free State project they've moved here from all around the country. Some people from around the world have moved here in order to be activists for liberty, and more are coming all the time. I think we've had at least four or five new people move into the Keene area over the last month or so, and more are coming. Yeah, I mean, you saw some new faces last yeah, night at Social I, Sundays.
1: I love going to Social Sundays in these meetup groups and seeing people I've never seen before. It's always great, and it seems to every time I come, like I don't come every week, but yeah. every time I come there's a new face or two there to meet, so that's it's awesome. So there
0: are a lot of faces going to be hanging out. At uh, the Liberty Forum, it's uh, it's a weekend-long convention-style kind of atmosphere in a hotel uh, in Nashua, New Hampshire. And you can get all the details and get signed up using our discount code to save 10%. That's 2009FTL, 2009FTL, saves you 10% off the already low early bird discount rate. It's my understanding that the early bird discount rate will be going away sometime this week. So it would behoove you to go ahead and get signed up sooner rather than later because otherwise you're just going to have to pay more. Uh, So go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get all the details on the event. And get signed up. So we look forward to seeing you there. Oh, and I should mention the Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the entire occasion. So looking forward to that as well.
1: And if people are coming up and staying in the hotel, it might not be a bad idea to get those reservations put in sooner than later as yeah, hotels Yeah, because you want to be in up. the hotel. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be driving around in a cab uh, spending more money than you have to and, and being inconvenienced when you could just walk downstairs and be where you want to be. So uh, we continue here with your phone calls. Patrick is on the line in New York. Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby.
3: Hi. Yes. Thanks for taking my call. Um,
0: What's on your mind tonight?
3: Well, first time caller, but I just want to start off saying uh, thank you for everything that you're doing for liberty. I'm, a, you know, a, i see a junior in high school and you know still stuck at a government indoctrination camp, but you know hope to be moving up to New Hampshire uh, in 2010. But um, I live in New York, and <clears throat> uh, our Governor Governor Patterson uh, just announced a a plan or a, an obesity tax, if you will. Um, if I can just read this quick excerpt from uh, Daily News Albany bureau. Sure. Let's see, it's a uh, a coke or a can of coke could soon cost New Yorkers more than just calories. Government Patterson, as part of a 121 billion budget to be unveiled Tuesday, will propose an obesity tax of about 15% on non-diet drinks. This means, uh, this means a this means Diet Coke might sell for a dollar, whereas its same, <clears throat> whereas its alter ego, calorie rich, or its, its calorie rich alter ego would go for a buck fifteen. Wow. Uh, the Democrat governor will will not call for a broad based income tax boost, but will push to restore sales tax on clothing and footwear. The drastic belt tightening uh, comes as lawmakers struggle to close a 15 billion deficit this year and the next.
0: <laughs> wait, um, wait a minute. That's considered belt tightening. Yeah, it's 15%. it's considered belt tightening when the government adds a new tax to things, exactly, or, and, and restores an old tax yeah, that they'd y- taken away. It's
1: funny. Usually, when you're tightening your belt, you're losing weight, not gated Right. Usually, way. when you're, <laughs> when that
0: when that phrase is used, it means you're taking a look at the things you're spending money on and trying to cut out
1: some of the unnecessary yeah. expenses. I guess they're getting an elastic band for their <laughs> waist. <ways or something. laughs> is there uh,
3: more? No. Uh, as Patterson says, it's a painful decision to make. But it has to be done. So.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was really oh, painful for Governor Patterson to make that decision. I'm sure it's really going to hurt his family's budget next month.
3: It's kind of funny. I mean, you um, you covered the story. Uh, you know, our, our old Governor Elliot Spitzer and his whole hypocrisy between uh, uh, the prostitution scandal, and mm-hmm. you know, he eventually had to step down, and you know, we're just replaced with another Democrat willing to, you know, tighten his belt, so called, and. Uh
0: thank you for the hey, show. Quick, before you go, in, quick question and clarification yep. on that. I didn't quite get everything. You're, you said it was going to be a uh, an obesity tax. that's going to be on diet uh, soda. Is it on diet oh, other not things?
3: not on diet. It'll be on uh, or On regular soda. Regular, correct.
0: But wait, is it just for soda pop, or is it for other things like light beer? Is it for other things that uh, – or is it just Right now
3: soda? the proposed plan is just Diet Coke or, I mean, diet soda, I believe
0: we'll get to the others eventually and don't worry that's pretty crazy <laughs> i mean for now for those who uh for, for those who believe in this whole uh, aspartame yeah. is poison thing and i don't know if it's true or not uh this is definitely going to encourage people to buy diet i mean people that are trying to save a little bit of oh, money they, they might say to themselves well diet i don't really like that much but i need to cut my budget this month so maybe we should buy some diet coke instead and ew that stuff's just nasty <laughs> i've had yeah, diet soda before uh, Yeah, right? Just ask Paula. Thank you for the call, dude. I appreciate hearing from you.
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, A lot of these laws are enacted or taxes are enacted, uh, such as the smoking tax and the argument on their side is, well, these people are costing us more in health care and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. But when the studies came out about it a couple of years back, um, it showed that. Uh, People who smoke and eat fatty foods and stuff usually die earlier, thus not sucking up as many Social Security and Medicaid benefits later in life and cost the government less overall when they're... engaging in 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 these bad for you lifestyles.
0: So do you think that the government people know that and that the real reason behind all this is just control? That they just believe a certain thing? They just believe that you should have a certain viewpoint as far as what uh, you will put into your body and that it should all, everyone should all be the same as far as what they eat and should be uh, relatively conformist? uh, Or is it just that they're ignoring that and they still believe that it increases their costs?
1: I think there's both parties out there. Of course there's the people, the big government people who think that they've got it right, and if everybody just did things the way they did, the world would be a perfect utopia. There's plenty of those out there. Uh, But then there's also the people, probably the governor himself is just, well, this is a really easy way to make money, Mm. Uh, an an easy way to uh, close this budget uh, deficit without having to cut any of my precious government programs.
0: That's true. And it will result in some significant money coming in. Uh, You're talking about... A lo- I know a lot of Americans spend billions of dollars every year on soda pop. and so Often
1: the lower class, too. Is yes. Who's going to be hurt by this tax even more than the wealthy That's people? That's
0: who I ever saw coming through uh, my checkout lines when I worked at Kmart was uh, just you know people buying flats of soda that did not look like they had a whole lot of money to spend in the first place. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. They include the live streams and the updates and the archives. We give it all away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites while ours is free. So enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com and... If you love liberty, then you should check out Bureaucrash Social. It's the place for you to connect with freedom fighters from around the world. At Bureaucrash Social you can share your ideas, obtain resources, and document your activism as well as find awesome videos and pictures uploaded by other crashers. Go to Bureaucrash.com to learn more. Toby, have you been over to Bureaucrash Social yet?
1: I haven't yet. This oh, is the first cool. I've heard of it, but it, I'll have to log on.
0: It's a cool site. I mean, you're familiar with Facebook and yeah. MySpace. Uh, this is the social networking website for liberty loving
1: people. Is it and, the same people who do bureaucracy? Yeah, it's Bureaucrash. And so those they've are some good folks out yes, <laughs> yeah, they are. that do that. So.
0: Yep, we like Pete Eyre and the uh, – is it Eyre or Eyre? It's Pete Eyre, actually. Pete Eyre and the rest of the, the crew over at Bureaucrash, great folks, and this Bureaucrash social website is pretty slick, and it's just – it's brand new. I think they've only got about 1,500 members at this point, but – Essentially, 100% of the membership is liberty oriented, and it's it's cool because when you sign up, you get to select whether you're a minarchist or an anarchist or you know an agorist. You can choose multiple boxes and and kind That's of really customize cool. your experience. You know,
1: in the past week, I've actually gotten two people emailed me uh, saying that we should set something like that up on freekeen.com uh, Put a section what, in a there. a social networking. Something list? like that. That's They're that? like, we need a social networking thing because I'm I'm a liberty lover and I need to meet a liberty loving gal. And so I think this will handle. <laughs> absolutely so Mirror crash
0: social will handle it because uh, they have in there they've got forums so you can go and you can post messages back and forth and there are also groups so there's uh, there's for instance there's a, a free state project group that's got something like oh, several dozen members there's also a free talk live listeners group so you can go in there and see who else listens to the show and so it, it could, could very well very easily be a free minds uh, TV group I'm not sure if there is one yet or not uh, but I'm sh- but uh, highly recommend people go and if you love freedom go and get on bureaucrash social at bureaucrash.com so uh we're we're talking as always about what you want here and there's uh, there's a lot to cover uh one story is is uh, this is kind of disturbing here uh it's out of ohio and there are as usual a couple of different sides to this story we're going to start with the the more outrageously told story from crossroad.to Recently, on December 1st, a SWAT team with semi-automatic rifles entered the private home of the Stowers family in LaGrange, Ohio. They herded the family onto couches in the living room and kept guns trained on the grandparents and a mother, as well as a husband who's currently serving in Iraq, and children for four hours. The team was aggressive and belligerent, and the children were quite traumatized, as you can imagine. At some point, the bad cop SWAT team was then relieved by another team, a good cop team, that tried to befriend the family. Altogether, this traumatic intrusion lasted more than eight hours. The Stowers' family has run a very large, well-known food cooperative called Mana Storehouse on the western side of Greater Cleveland for many years. And there were agents from the Department of Agriculture present, one of them identified as Bill Leshoe. The search warrant is reportedly suspicious looking. Agents began rifling through all of the family's possessions, a task that lasted hours and resulted in complete upheaval of every private area in the home. Many uh, many items were taken that were not listed on the search warrant. The family was not permitted a phone call and they were not
1: told what crime they were being charged with. So they just had the police in their home uh, uh, ruffling through all their items, going through all their stuff without even being told what they're looking for? They couldn't have just asked? Uh, they, they, I think they were told
0: what they were looking for, but they were not being told what they were charged with. Okay. So they were not read their rights. Over ten thousand dollars worth of food was taken. So they that's took all their they
1: all their product.
0: It's correct, or at least ten thousand dollars worth, which doesn't sound like a small amount. No,
1: that's a lot of that's a lot of vegetables.
0: Uh, including the family's personal stock of food for the coming year, they also took all their computers and all of their cell phones, as well as their phone and contact records. The Food Cooperative was virtually shut down. There is no rational explanation nor justification for this extreme violation of constitutional rights. Now, presumably, Monta Storehouse might eventually be charged with running a retail establishment without a license. I guess that means they haven't been charged with anything at this point. Why, then, the, uh, the Gestapo-type interrogation for a third-degree misdemeanor charge? This incident has raised the ominous specter of a restrictive new era in state regulation and enforcement over the nation's private food supply. The same type of abusive search and seizure was reported by those innocents who fell victim to the oppressive federal drug laws passed in the 1990s. The present circumstance raises the obvious question. Is there some rabid new interpretation of an existing drug law that considers food a controlled substance worthy of a nasty SWAT team operation? Or worse, is there a previously unrecognized provision pertaining to the Homeland Security measures? Some have suggested it was merely an out-of-control, hot-to-trot Ohio Department of Agriculture agent, and if so, this would be a best-case scenario. Anything else might spell the beginning of the end for the freedom to eat unregulated and unmonitored food.
1: You know, not only did they take the family's food f- supply, but uh, a co-op, usually people pay into it uh, beforehand. I don't know how this one's set up, but mm-hmm. a lot of co-ops, people pay in beforehand and then they come and get the food throughout the year. So this could be a lot of other people's food that they already paid for it. Their food supply gone, taken away by the feds. Or is this the feds or the local? The Ohio Department the Ohio, of Agriculture. By, and what are they going to do with it? They're probably just going to throw it all away. I guess that is likely what they will do. Uh,
0: We're going to get a comment here from the sheriff in a moment, see what they had to say. But first, a blogger who's familiar with the situation has reported that, interestingly, I believe that the Mana storehouse said a month or so ago an undercover ODA official came to their little store and claimed to have a sick father wanting to join the co-op. Both the owner and her daughter-in-law had a horrible feeling about the man and decided to not allow him into the co-op and notified him as such by certified mail. He came back to the co-op later, demanding to be a part of it. They refused and gave him the names of other businesses and health food stores closer to his home. Not coincidentally, that same man was there yesterday as the part of the raid. The same blog also noted that the Department of Agriculture has been chastised by the courts in several previous instances for its aggression, including trying to entrap an Amish man in a raw milk sale, which backfired when it became known the Amish believe in a literal interpretation of give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee not D, not turned now away. Anyway, the issue appears to be the discovery of a bit of non institutional beef in an Oberlin College Food Service freezer a year ago that was tracked down by a county sanitation official to the Mana storehouse. Oberlin's college uh, student food co op is widely known for its strident ideological stance about eating organic foods, and it seems that the student Co-op uh, student food cooperative had joined the Mana Fu- Storehouse Food Co-op in order to buy organic foods in bulk from their food distributor, which services buying clubs across the nation. The sanitation official eventually, or evidently, contacted the apartment- Ohio Department of Agriculture. After the first contact by state ODA officials, Mana Storehouse reportedly wrote them a letter requesting assistance and guidelines for complying with the law. This letter was never answered. Which doesn't surprise me in the least, Uh, Essentially what they're saying here is that the storehouse was given some sort of warning uh, by the Department of Agriculture and the storehouse wrote back asking for help, asking for help, saying essentially, well, if you want us to obey these laws, we'd be happy to. Can you make it so we can understand them? And they never got back to them. The letter was never answered. Rather, the ODA agent tried several times to infiltrate the co-op as
1: described above, and when his attempts failed, the SWAT team showed up. It just baffles my mind that the Department of Agriculture has an undercover agent <laughs> working for them. Like, how is that person on the payroll? And it's just not this particular case. I guess it's happened in the past. I, rem- I remember that case the now Amish with the story, Amish yeah. story, uh, trying to uh, sting an Amish man for giving away, not selling, giving away raw milk, which apparently is illegal in like half the states. It's in, awful. Which it shouldn't even be illegal in the first place, but it is. So we've got to crack down on it uh, and do these stings like it's like it's fighting the war on drugs you know
0: when you ask these government people for assistance even if you do get assistance from them like in the case of the irs it's studies have been done that show they answer their own most basic questions incorrectly something like 50 percent of the time so you call the irs helpline and you ask them one of the top 10 questions that they're asked and they'll give you the wrong answer half the time
1: but you're probably still responsible for the right you answer. better
0: believe <laughs> it it's your name that's on the uh, dotted line and so, same thing here, they, they didn't get any answers from the Department of Agriculture, but if they did, who could trust what they say? And in addition, clearly the government doesn't believe it's there to assist you in obeying its laws. It just gets to write the laws, and then it's up to you to apparently hire a lawyer to figure them all out. Unless, of course, you know how to speak legalese. More on the way. You take control. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Do that for as little as 3 bucks a month over at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks Like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, classic archives, and more. Uh, But the main reason to AMP is to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, around the world, bring new Internet listeners on board, and help spread the message of freedom as far and as wide as possible. So if you think uh, that's worthy of 3 bucks a month, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. Uh, Again, amp.freetalklive.com. And, of course, Free Talk Live would not be where we are today without the good people over at C A I. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need SACL CAI. Not only do they do collections, but they also do early out billing and purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained to resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. More on this story about the uh, SWAT team raid of a food co op. Now, as you were uh, describing, Toby, you say that the co-ops essentially are buying clubs
1: for uh, for bulk food, right? Yeah, that's how it was. I, my parents uh, were part of a co-op. Uh, it was a CSA co-op where there were a few different farms involved, and uh, you could either be a farm and get, get free vegetables from the other farms, or you mm-hmm. could pay a membership fee. It was a yearly membership fee, which would buy vegetables for the whole year from all the farms, and it was just a rotation thing. A uh, nice way for people who like eating fresh vegetables grown on farms to uh, get them in a nice easy community type setting and they didn't fill out any licensing paperwork really? with the government or anything like that and this was when I was a little kid so I'm thinking do they license it in New Hampshire I, I don't know if they do but okay. if they I, I'm, if that's a mystery to me but this could have just as well happened to me and my family when I if I was living in Ohio with these same draconian uh, Department of Agriculture folks here it, it's insanity
0: we're gonna find out what the government people have to say the first thing we start. Here with the lat in the last segment was sort of a report from a blog that obviously very critical of what happened, and we'll get the other side of the story here in a moment. Uh, But just to describe in a little more detail exactly what the co ops are, the story over at crossroad.to says that food cooperatives and buying clubs have been an active part of the American landscape for over a generation. In the 1970s, with the rise of the organic food industry, food crops started uh, started up all over the country. These were groups, excuse me, food co-ops started up all over the country. And these were groups of people who freely associated for the purpose of combining their buying power so they could order organic food items in bulk and case lots. Anyone who was part of these co-ops in the early era will remember the messy breakdowns of 35 pounds of peanut butter and five-gallon drums of honey. Oh, I remember that those days really oh yeah <laughs> what was it so people would gather together and they'd like have this huge bin and just pour pour honey out of it essentially
1: well uh it was every month or so the family would uh, go, all go out and uh, to one central location where i guess there was they had been making orders all week and we'd get these huge vast tubs it really five <laughs> gallon buckets of peanut butter at once uh tons of seeds and stuff uh, my parents were granolas when i was growing right. up <laughs> are they still oh yes <laughs>
0: These buying clubs have persisted and flourished over the years due to the ability to purchase high-quality organic foods at reduced prices in bulk quantities. I mean, if you've gone to the store, you know how damn expensive this organic food
1: is. And it is a really good way to save money. I mean, right. it, if you are buying in huge bulk like this from these, uh, if you're part of one of these co-ops, you can save a ton of money doing it. And if you're into our organic food, it's a great way to do that as Seems well.
0: Seems like the way to go. Uh, however, apparently these government people have a, a severe disagreement with this particular uh, business model we'll get to that in a moment most cooperatives have participated greatly in the local agrarian economy supporting neighborhood organic farmers with the purchase of produce uh, produce eggs chickens etc and it's probably easier for the farmers to deal with the co-ops too if you think about it because if you are if you're doing farming you're not really doing retail so you don't want to necessarily have to deal with individual customers coming and buying two eggs or whatever you know six eggs that's or something what the like farm
1: that. stand is for
0: that, right. They do have farm stands. I understand yeah. that. But but if you're doing deals with a co-op, you can move a lot more product and uh, you don't have to deal with a bunch of buyers. I right.
1: It's easy. Uh, the way it was set up when I was, uh, my parents were a part of it, it was really easy because there would be no checkout or anything. You, At least with the uh, vegetable co-ops and the farming co-ops, people would just come and take what they needed for that day. It was a little bit different when you're getting involved with the giant tubs of peanut butter and stuff, right. though.
0: The groups also purchased food from a number of local, regional, and national distributors, many of them family-based businesses who truck the food themselves. Some of these food cooperatives have become large enough to set up mini storefront operations where members can drop in and purchase items left over from case lot sales. Mono Storehouse had established itself in such a manner, using a small enclosed breezeway attached to their home. It was a folksy place with old wooden floors where co-op members stopped by to chat and snack on bags of organic corn chips. Uh, so, so there's a little kind of uh, look into what this world is, the uh, the world of the co-ops. Yeah, I have to say that Toby, before talking to you here, you've obviously had some some personal experience. I never really knew what one was. I always, from time to time, when I'm driving, I'll see something, you know, so and so co-op. I never really understood uh, exactly what that.
1: I think it. it's different depending on where you live, what kind of a co-op is set up. So I think they're are not they're always all,
0: food buying co-ops or other kind of co-ops. I,
1: I think there's all varieties of different kinds of them. I, it's a it's a niche market, it seems uh, for the most part. It's not, and there aren't a whole lot of people that are involved in co-ops usually. But it is a nice community setting, and one of the things that makes it a great way to save money is a lot of the time I, they're not licensed uh, and they don't have to fill out. They all don't have that government. overhead. Yeah, that's a lot of overhead instead of growing. Vegetables and getting the food ready. You're inside filling out paperwork right. and uh, paying for to hire licenses. Yeah, right. you're you're getting into all this paperwork that takes away the whole saving money. But aspect wait a minute, don't you
0: understand, Toby? That filling out paperwork makes things safer. Of course it does. Oh, well, that's what the government would have you believe. Indeed, according to the cl- uh, Cleveland dot com, this is a, a more mainstream news website. Getting the thoughts of the, the local sheriff's office, Lorraine County Sheriff's Office. Uh, saying that they conducted the raid with the county health department and the Department of Agriculture,
1: they're puzzled by an internet outcry over what it calls the very uneventful execution of a simple search warrant. It's regular to draw guns on people for not having a food license, right? Or something I love the way <laughs> like the sheriff's.
0: That. I love the way the sheriff spins this. Right there, the original story from the blog site is that they pulled guns, held people at gunpoint. I mean, that's what they do when they raid people's houses. If right. they're doing a raid, they're going in full, bo- uh, full bore with the with the body armor and with the guns, and uh, the, so the sheriff claims it was an uneventful execution of a simple search warrant. Well, because it was uneventful doesn't mean it wasn't tyrannical. Because it was uneventful means that nobody shot back. That's what uneventful means.
1: Right. I, I mean, they still did go in like it's a, a drug raid or something. And that's exactly. A, a lot of the the war on drugs has made... Uh, instead of going up and knocking on the door like they might have done if they didn't have all this special equipment and stuff. But you've got guys who have the equipment. They're ready to go in. They, they enjoy these raids. So we've kind of set ourselves up for failure on this one.
0: The sheriff's spokes bureaucrat says, the problem is these people on the Internet from who knows where were not there. They make up all these innuendos and create all these issues that are basically not true. Uh, One of the highly charged postings uh, says that they kept uh, people at gunpoint. Another says it reeks of a police state. Uh, We just read you some of those quotes moments ago. Uh, Officer Resendez said four deputies conducted the search over three or four hours. Not the nine claimed on some sites. See, it's no big deal. We were only there for uh, four hours, just a a full fourth of your waking day. That's all. We just took, stole four hours of your life, held you at gunpoint, uh, destroyed your freedom, destroyed your business. And it only took us four hours, not nine. Look, we're not a we're not a, a, an incompetent bureaucracy. We're just. You know, taking we're doing our, our business in half the time that other bureaucracies would take. He said we don't even have semi-automatic weapons, and there was no SWAT team. He says we don't have semi-automatic weapons. They're just fully automatics. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, that's what. That was my first thought. Was they all had MK? You know, like MP5s. But he's claiming we don't even have semi-automatic weapons. Does that mean they're using revolvers? Are they issuing revolvers to their uh, to their officers? How many police departments these days, with all their homeland security money they're getting from the federal government, are using six-shooters? Because those aren't semi-automatic weapons. But any pistol that you see, uh, any Glock or any other uh, regular pistol that you would see a, a cop carrying would be a semi-automatic
1: pistol. I think we're dealing with a confused sheriff right here who's trying to cover his butt. <laughs>
0: he really seems to be. He says one officer carried a shotgun, and the family was kept in one place to control the area and that's standard for any search warrant see this is no big deal why are you so alarmed citizens this is standard behavior when when we come in with our guns and we point them at you you're supposed to feel relieved we're just doing business by the book this is what we're told to do
1: you you asked for help i mean they did they asked for help and here's the help (laughs) he says nobody was held
0: at gunpoint that's definitely something that didn't happen So does that mean that the guns were not actually pointed at the people? If I'm holding a gun down at the floor to where I can raise it in half a second to shoot you in the head?
1: I consider that at gunpoint.
0: But the gun's pointing at the floor.
1: I don't feel safe. 1-800-259-9231
0: one 800 I want to bring this back here because there's a few more things to say as far as what the the assistant county prosecutor had to say as far as what this business needed to be obeying in regards to regulations. We'll come back to that. Hour 2 is coming up. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp dot, dot com.
4: This is Free Talk
0: Live. It is your show. And you can bring up anything as we launch here in hour number two of the program. And as always, uh, you can take control at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by uh, SACL CAI. That's 800 259 and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. Uh, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we began telling you the story, uh, which a pretty disturbing story, of an Ohio Department of Agriculture raid on a food co-op. And uh, this apparently was in the Cleveland area. food co-op was called the Mana Storehouse. And they came in there. Uh, they allegedly pointed weapons at the family that lives in this particular uh, this piece of property, they stole over ten. 10- worth of food, according to the the details on a different story at MorningJournal.com. They confiscated hundreds of pounds of processed beef, large amounts of lamb, turkey, and other perishable products. They also stole office files, a computer, two cell phones, and other electronic devices. And, of course, this was all done with a SWAT team coming in with their weapons drawn as though that these were some sort of dangerous
1: criminals. And what are the kids going to be thinking about the, the government as they grow up? These are there are some young kids, some of them are toddlers, some of them are older. I believe um, but what are they going to be thinking of police and the government in general when this is uh, some of their, their some of their first memories are traumatizing memories of the police busting in on them because their parents were. Uh, operating a business. Well, the government has made its own bed here, right?
0: I mean, they've been doing this stuff for years, and this has been, they've been ostracizing people with their police state tactics, whether it's in drug raids or raids on uh, food co ops or whatever sort of terrorism it is that they're committing against the American people. They've sown the seeds of their, and they are sowing the seeds of their own destruction. I mean, if they continue to do this, if, and they will, if they continue to do this kind of uh, police state behavior, more and more people are going to be fed up, and they're they're going to be looking for answers. They're going to be looking for solutions as to what can be done about this awful, uh, tyrannical situation that we've gotten ourselves into here. So the more, I mean, on the on the positive side, the more tyrannical the state becomes, the more likely people are to wake up to its in its inherent violence.
1: Right. I know that a lot of people think that well, a lot of this can't happen to me because I I don't I'm not a drug dealer and I don't live near drug dealers, so they're not going to raid my home. Or well, I'm law abiding. Right. I'm law abiding. Well, look, they're doing it to people who are. Running A food co-op now. anybody's game.
0: (laughs) Anybody's game. Anytime the state perceives that money is changing hands. There's a good chance that they will take interest in what it is you're doing. Now, you described to us, Toby, the way the food co-ops tend to work uh, is that essentially various different families and other interested parties that want to increase their buying power will essentially throw money into the co-op, and the co-op then buys food, whether it's meat or peanut butter or whatever, in a lar- large bulk amount. So they get bulk buy discounts, yep. and then they can pass on the savings
1: to their co-op members. It's a great way to save money, Uh But the government doesn't really like being cut out of the loop, I guess. They want their cut.
0: No, now, now if it was just you and I, if it was just you and uh, and I, Toby, and in our, our direct family, so our girlfriends, if it was just the four of us uh, that decided to go in and, and buy some things together. It would be no big deal. It'd be like going out to dinner or something
1: like that. Yeah. Obviously, well, I,
0: the government doesn't regulate
1: that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just did it. We went to to uh, BJ's Wholesale with my friend to share their car. Well, BJ's <laughs> is, is paying
0: their uh, their fees, so, uh, BJ's so it's is, okay. So they're right. not going to get raided
1: because they've paid the government
0: off. Exactly. You you're you're safe there. But but apparently, if you get your group larger. Than a certain size, and they start to do business up to a certain point. Whatever that point is, it's completely arbitrary. That number that will trigger a government response. Uh, then they get interested, and then they make claims about how you have to do certain things in order to avoid having an armed raid on your uh, your family's home. According to Cleveland.com and their story, where the, the police are trying to dodge all the accusations, the Internet stories that have come out, the blog posts about this experience that have come out have essentially said that the cops came in just like they would on any drug raid with guns pointed at family members, terrorizing people, stealing their products, stealing their money, stealing Stealing their uh, their computers and things like that, and the cops are just saying, "Oh no!" Uh, in fact, Officer Resendez, their spokespro- uh, bureaucrat says that there w- there weren't even any semi-automatic weapons here. Uh, apparently, they were all handling revolvers or MP5s, <laughs> uh, one or the other. And then they say nobody was held at gunpoint. Now, that can be translated to mean that nobody had a gun pointed directly at them. But if there were guns in the officer's hands and they were pointed at the floor, as far as I'm concerned, that's good enough. Uh, The storehouse owners declined to comment at the time of the article uh, was written. None of the Internet posts quote the family directly, though a few of them include an email reportedly from the family. Family members said they might have a statement later in the week. Mana Storehouse is an organic and all-natural food co-op in Ohio and it's uh, apparently they sell dry goods, household items, and frozen meats. At the same time, the store policies say it does not sell to the public, only to members of a co-op who pay a membership fee. Openly proclaiming that it is not licensed and does not plan to obtain a license, Mana has members affirm that they, quote, take full responsibility for their own health, health choices, food choices, and food quality, unquote. So you'd think you'd have your your butt covered with a statement like that.
1: Yeah, and as a customer, uh, as a consumer... I would feel more comfortable with their stamp of approval. Like, we guarantee our product, we have uh, satisfied customers, and we we stand behind our product. I'd I'd trust that a little bit more than some stamp of approval from the FDA or something, or a government stamp of approval of this is safe. Presumably one of the reasons you need to get licensed, not only so that you can pay your taxes to the government, but also so that you're not selling unsafe food that that could give people food poisoning. According to this, their biggest... The big issue here, according to the assistant county prosecutor,
0: he says that any business that sells perishable foods must be licensed and follow regulations covering those who store and supply food. There is no exception in the law for a co-op, he said. And Mana cannot ask customers to waive safety regulations. So, essentially, what this guy is saying is that you don't have an unlimited right to contract. Now... In the i believe it's the Constitution. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, it's my understanding that the basic one of the basic conceptual uh, concepts of the, uh, the this government that we have was that you, as an individual, were to have the unlimited right to contract and to make your own decisions for yourself and to get into whatever agreements you want to get into. But essentially, this is the government people in Ohio saying that well. Mm, yeah, you can't just waive your ability to uh, – you, you can't just uh, just waive uh, the safety regulations by signing a document. So by signing the, the agreement that says I'm responsible for my own choices and food quality and health choices and, and, and all of that that they have their members sign, that apparently is not good enough because you can't make decisions for yourself when it comes to food safety, Toby. Yeah, the government's got to look out
1: for you. You yeah. couldn't do it without the government. And if uh, the government was – wasn't out there uh, giving people the stamp of approval or taking their bribe, essentially, uh, to so that they can run their business without being raided. Uh, this is costing businesses more money, and uh, I mean, who knows? It could make the food less safe because instead of concentrating on making sure that your product is is uh, good, you're going and asking the government for permission, paying them off, uh, paying them money. Uh, where, right. Th- where you could be putting those resources into your business, into making sure that your food is safe. And safety was not an issue here. I went to the Mana Storehouse website,
0: looked a little bit about what they are and how long they've been around. They've been around for nine years. So, clearly, safety's not an issue. We haven't had anybody dying from Mana Storehouse food. Otherwise, I'm sure somebody would have gotten wind of that, and then they'd be doing a raid saying, hey, people have been getting sick. You know, that's not what they're or saying they'd lose here. all
1: their customers, Right, they'd lose their customers.
0: Word <laughs> would spread. You would not be able to be in business for nine years if you were doing something that was inherently unsafe or doing business practices that were putting your customers at risk.
1: Now, they they need to have a license because they're a co-op, apparently. But at what point is it go, are you no, going... No, I
0: don't think it's an actual co-op license. It's just a license to, like, sell food, essentially.
1: So could they give it away, essentially? Uh, I mean. At Presumably
0: what, they could give the food away, yes. It's at, the money-changing hands that's the issue here.
1: At what point, though, is the government going to want to regulate it to the point where you can't even grow your own vegetables ...and eat them yourself without a stamp of approval. I mean, it's getting to that point almost.
0: It's not quite there yet, but you're right. It is getting to that point. They're really going after the little guys. They're really going after uh, the mom-and-pop operations here. And of course... It makes sense for them to go after the mom-and-pop operations, right? Because mom-and-pops don't have the big corporate pockets that uh, somebody like Hannaford's or some uh, international grocer would have in order to fight these uh, regulatory situations that might pop up. I mean, if you go after a big corporation, a big food distributor, Monsanto or something like that, uh, they've got all the lawyers already on staff ready to jump at the uh, drop of a, a hat to fight whatever it is the government comes up with. But if it's just the Mana Storehouse on the west side of Cleveland, run by a a small family, what are they going to do? I mean, hiring a lawyer is going to probably put them out of business. 1-800-259-9231. A little more on this and your thoughts as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include... The wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, see what that's all about, and edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Wiki, w-i-k-i. freetalklive.com. Now, authors of the Quick and Dirty Guide to War talk about current and future conflicts around the world, and Joseph Simonet discusses real-world knife fighting, all at paladinpodcast.com. Paladinpodcast.com is a service of Paladin Press. You can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, military history, self-defense, and more. Remember, that's paladinpodcast.com. We're still in the midst of discussing a story that's pretty disturbing and uh, should be a wake-up call to anybody out there, especially anybody who, con- who is uh, concerned with, well, the ability to acquire food for oneself without having to go and jump through a bunch of governmental hoops, fill out paperwork, hire lawyers to figure out how to uh, to understand and to comply with various different governmental regulations. We're talking about the story of the mana Storehouse in western uh, Cleveland, Ohio. They were raided earlier this month by the Department of Agriculture there in Ohio, as well as local cops. And th- the excuse for the raid uh, is that apparently the company, or the Monta Storehouse, which has been operating for... it's a co-op been operating for nine years, apparently they didn't get any complaints about unsafe food or any sort of dangerous conditions going on there. What the problem is, according to the government, is that the Montessor house has been operating for nine years illegally, meaning that they didn't jump through the regulatory hoops that the government says that they need to jump through. Why? Well, it's obviously not about safety because people are safe. Nobody has gotten sick from the Monta house food in the last nine years. So it's not about safety. As usual, it's about obedience. The county prosecutor is saying that any business that sells perishable fu- foods must be licensed and must follow regulations covering those who store and supply food. Now, those regulations could include all kinds of things. A lot of times, business regulations will mandate that you have to, to use certain equipment that meets certain standards. So, like, you know, putting the food in that refrigerator is not okay. You have to put a food in a special commercial-level kind of refrigerator. One that order- costs
1: several thousand dollars. Right, one of those walk. Walk-in
0: refrigerators or something like that. I mean, I don't know what their setup was. Maybe they already had a nice walk-in freezer or something like that at the storehouse. They probably do. I mean, it sounded like they had a lot of food. So... uh so, so who knows? I mean, it may be that their business is already set up to, the, to where complying with the regulations wouldn't be a big deal. However, the original blog post that we read said that the, the owners of the storehouse, when the, the government people started coming after them with their, you know, they always send their written warnings and that stuff, they'd written them back asking for assistance in understanding the regulations and complying with them. And of course the government never, never got back in touch. Because it's not their responsibility to help you understand what they're demanding of you. Of course not. They can make whatever demands they want of you, and it's up to you to figure out how to obey those demands and
1: what those demands are. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You know... Every government regulation is backed up by force or the threat of violence that is. And it's usually just a threat. But this story really shows that there really is real violence that will happen to you if you're not following the government's uh, guidelines, regulations, whatever it is. If you're not playing their game, you could get raided and have guns pointed at yourself and your family. I mean, it's, it's complete insanity. And this is America, the land of the free we're talking about here. Apparently you're only free if
0: you've asked momi government permission first.
1: Like doesn't this story wake
0: people up? Stories
1: like this is don't these stories don't get reported
0: very wide. Nobody you can guarantee nobody outside of the, you know the Cleveland area has really heard this story with the exception of those who've spotted it on the internet. I but mean, it's this... gotten more coverage now than it would have 20 years ago.
1: Oh yeah, but it's probably just on the internet. It probably wasn't on a uh, CNN or something I like that. I doubt it. That. I mean, but it should be. It should be a wake-up yep. call that this this is the state of affairs right now. We we live in a police state. If you have to if you're getting your uh, home raided and guns pointed at you and your family because you don't have the proper license to sell your co-op food, how much further can they go? It
0: will go further. You can guarantee that because, as we know, government doesn't just stop. It doesn't ever, ever say, "Well, that's it. We've had it. Shutting down our operations here. We're never gonna, we're never going to pass another law. We've,
1: we have the perfect laws." And as you said, they go after the little guy because the, if they were going after someone like Mons, uh, Monsanto, food, uh, foods. Yeah. Uh, they busted into their corporate office with guns blazing they'd have quite the lawsuit on their hands yeah, but
0: they'd have the lawyers on the, on the staff right there to come run out and deal with the situation
1: but when they're going after the little guy uh, there's not much the little guy can do about it
0: let's go to your phone calls melinda's on the line in pennsylvania melinda you're on free talk live with the and Toby
4: hi there guys hey what's on your mind tonight this is my first time calling in first of all thank you thank you for bringing this to our attention and uh I, I'm just really horrified by it. And I just wanted to toss something out to you that just thinking out loud here that the motivation of uh, the government might possibly be a lot more insidious than What's just that? trying to have control and the money. And I think it does have to do with ge- genetically modified crops and Monsanto. You see more and more people around the country are realizing that Uh, A lot of our foodstuffs, especially when it comes to, like, corn and soybeans, are being genetically modified and realized, finding out on their own, forced to find out on our own because we're not going to find it out. The government's not going to tell us how dangerous these things are. What
0: is it that, now Now, why is it that that's dangerous? I, I don't really understand what the problem with that is. I mean, going in and, and modifying the genes of food is done, as I understand it, to make, uh, well, first of all, different foods we've never seen before, like various different types of apples that have never existed on the market, uh, but also to make them hardier to things like pests. So therefore you can increase the amount of uh, yield that a certain uh, plot of farmland will, will give up, the bounty essentially of the food that it will yield Uh, so I just don't understand what the paranoia is all about can you explain that well the
4: thing is I I think that uh, it's healthy to be slightly paranoid and, and suspicious of what a company like Monsanto is doing um I don't claim to have all of the answers, and because I don't have all the answers, I, I'm suspicious. I well, do notice that I am a, I live rural in Pennsylvania, and I I saw exactly one honeybee this year. I saw three of them last year. I'm seeing changes taking place, and I can't tell you that I'm absolutely positive. I know.
0: Does that have that something to do with genetically modified foods? Or I mean, it seems to me that the the big scare about genetically modified foods is kind of coming from the religious community, the people that are saying that. Oh, oh, no, you shouldn't mess no. with God's creation. That's no.
4: wrong. No, no, it's coming from a lot of different communities of uh, people. It's coming from scientists. It's, um, if you, you can research and find more and more uh, information online uh, about it. And uh, um, like I said, I don't claim to have all the answers, but because I don't have them, and I do know that what is happening in India uh, with Monsanto and the genetically modified seeds is that what happens is that it forces them to be to become sort of um, sterile, if you will, okay? And then they're forcing the farmers to use genetically modified seeds. And when you use those, you can't use your own, which you can use them from year to year. You can use the seeds that you harvest. I'm not sure, sure how year they're year.
0: forcing the farmers to do that. Yes,
4: they are. And thousands of farmers have died this year, have committed suicide. They've committed suicide. Yes, because they are... Their lives are ruined. Their livelihood is, is ruined.
0: And Are we talking about farms around the world? Uh, hang on, Melinda. I'll bring you back for more of this. I'm curious what she's talking about. It's Free Talk Live.
4: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours free, freetalklive.com. And the Institute for Humane Studies is now offering free seminars over spring break this March. You can join other libertarians from across the country for an intense and interdisciplinary exploration of classical liberal and libertarian thought. Participation is free. IHS provides housing and meals during the conference. Apply now to attend a seminar at the University of California, Santa Cruz, March 7th through the 12th, or at Emory University in Atlanta, March 14th through the 19th. Visit libertarianseminars.com for more information. That's libertarianseminars.com. We started by talking about a food cooperative that was recently raided in Ohio, and we might get back to a few more details on that. But we went to uh, talk to Melinda, who's still with us in uh, in Pennsylvania. And Melinda, you were telling us that uh, you believe that one of the reasons why these food co or this food co op was raided is some sort of protectionist racket for the big company uh, companies, and you tied it in with. Uh, with the genetically modified food phenomenon, and that kind of took us off into the realm of talking about genetically modified foods, because I personally am somebody who has heard some of the, the you know the scary stories about genetically frank uh, genetically modified Franken foods, and I just feel like it's silly nonsense. I mean, I, Toby, you mentioned something during the break, and you pointed out that uh, one of the concerns with the genetically modified foods is the patenting factor. And on that point, I will agree with you 100 percent the idea that if you genetically modify a strawberry, for instance, to be more uh, or less susceptible to cold, then you could somehow patent that particular gene, essentially, or that DNA? And
1: if you were the only ones with the seeds and you were planting them, that would be one thing, but the problem is the pollen uh, cross-pollinates with uh, other non-genetically modified food, and then the companies like Monsanto oftentimes go out and sue the little farmer, saying that That's what's happening. you're stealing that's our happening. genetically modified food, we so own the patent that's what's happening. on
0: it. So that's That's
1: Melinda. Wouldn't you say that's
0: less of a problem with genetically modified foods and more of a problem with the patent system and the uh, the the intellectual monopoly? uh, Kind of. We
4: we don't know. I will just tell you this: that uh, I love to cook and I love to eat and I love really good vegetables and and fruits. And whenever I go to the store, they are becoming more uniform in appearance, larger, and more tasteless. Now I don't know what to say about that because they don't have to label it that it's genetically modified. Okay, and I also have a, a, a new grandchild and I just really begin to worry about these things when I can't find all the answers. So I, I'm not, I'm not here to say that I have all the answers but because I'm not able to get them and I'm going just by the most basic, my, my own, my own taste and the way that it looks, the texture of it, things are, are, are changing. You know what, I, I don't need a gigantic grapefruit that is twice as large as it should be if it's not going to even taste that good.
0: Well, so, I, haven't, I, I can't say that I've noticed uh, that myself. Uh, Toby, have you noticed that food tastes different today mm, than it used to in the past? No, I'm not a very picky eater. How
4: about the tomatoes and being able to have them out of season? But they don't even resemble. A well, tomato. a lot of
0: tomatoes come from uh, other countries where seasons are different. So if you're getting a tomato from Brazil, it's uh, kind of a different uh, cr- growing season down there. So.
4: And they're also using a lot of the genetically modified. Let me just finish what I was saying about sure. India: is that they put pressure on these farmers, and you're absolutely right about the patents. And then they have to sign something saying that they're going to just, uh, buy, you know, be, you know, indebted to them for their patents. Uh, and uh, and not use their own seeds, and they follow them around, and uh, they uh, I don't know if they're arrested or what, but they are definitely penalized if they find that they're using their own seeds. And for the farmers that they're not able to to force to do this, they they have a, a, this big uh, scam, if you will, that they send a woman out there to the villages to talk to the women the, that are married to the farmers and and tell them. Do you know how wonderful it is going to be for you? Your hands will be, remain soft. You won't have to go out there and work so hard in the, in, in the, in the field. It's going to help because, you know, the, the, uh, there won't be as many pests, and you just won't have as many problems. And then the woman, in turn, will begin to work on her husband. You
0: know, I'm I, definitely with you when it comes to the the legal aspect of this. I think that having the I think having the ability to patent DNA is is outrageous. I mean, I'm against the patenting system. Period. But it seems like what we're talking about here, everything that you've said, seems to be more mostly a critique of the legal system and how it's being used by the big corporations to suppress the mom and pops. And with on that point, I completely agree with you. And I thank you for the call, Melinda. I, I think thank that you. the the idea of uh, patenting uh, DNA is ludicrous, and I think patents on in general are a bad idea. And maybe
4: i just say that that they if they don 't label them that they 're genetically modified, and we don 't have all the answers yet that I as an American citizen, have the right to know what i 'm purchasing
0: well you don 't have the right uh, to know that unless the company decides to tell you what it is that you 're purchasing so what you should do is go to your grocer and ask them to uh, to begin a labeling system don 't just wait for the government to oh, mandate no. something like that uh, oh, no, your... they
4: always they always confess that they just, there isn 't really anything that they can do, and that 's why that i Purchase food from my local people. Who I, they? I know what they grow. I know what they use on it. What they don't use on it. And I believe that that's what we should do: is is buy locally.
0: Well, it sounds like you've come up with a solution for yourself that makes you feel good. And I thank you for the call. That's what's thank important: you. feeling good.
1: 800-259-9231. She reminds me of my mom. I mean, my mom's <laughs> the same way. Uh, she she claves that only she local. Could, she could taste the difference. Yeah, and, yeah that's I, great. She's like, look at this, can't you taste the difference? It's organic, locally grown. No. I'm like, no, I'm I've like, tried. I've tried that too. Somebody, I, I used to have the
0: uh, somebody that I knew that was really into the organic stuff, and uh, they you know, they brought me an organic strawberry and it was a tasty strawberry but it wasn't any tastier than any other strawberry yeah. I'd ever eaten I mean maybe if I had a organic and non-organic strawberry in front of me I could tell the taste difference but even that's subjective because it's one crop versus another crop where is it at its uh, ripeness period is it ripe enough is it you can't it's just you can't accurately compare these things right. I don't think and and something else I wanted to point out here there's more calls coming in on this genetically modified food topic because I guess a lot of people have something to say about it uh, a lot of people are concerned or maybe some people are in support. We'll find out what they have to say. But the thing I think is most interesting, Toby, is all of this this conversation that we're having here is really an example of how wealthy we truly are in this country. I mean, the whole idea that you and I and Melinda and everybody else that's going to call in has the ability to sit here and and banter about whether the tomatoes taste better or not this year than they did 20 years ago (laughs) really shows that we're so incredibly wealthy because A lot of the world is starving. Yes. A lot of the world doesn't have a tomato to eat. So, I mean, the whole idea that we are so concerned about what might happen as a result of Helping these crops become more resilient to cold and helping the crops, uh, you know, uh, making them larger and making them more uh, hardy crops. And so you can uh, so you can harvest more in the same space that you than you could have 20 or or 100 years ago. This. These genetically modified foods can help put food in people's mouths, and what do Americans do? They get all concerned about. Well, oh God, will it reduce a year of our lifespan? What will this do to us? We haven't tested it. We need long-term testing. We need to make sure. <laughs> no, I'm not saying Melinda was saying that. I'm just I'm reading some of the things on the internet. Yep. What people are saying about genetically modified
1: foods, it's like, my gosh. Well, you know, you are so spoiled. Even <laughs> like it or don't like it, with the population the way it's going, without genetically modified food we're not going to be able to feed everyone. I mean, right now, exactly right now. I believe we, we grow enough food. If we didn't throw a lot of it away, which we do throw a lot of the food we grow away Mm -hmm. rather than giving it to poor people. Anyway, so that's a different subject. Um, we have enough to feed everyone, I think, 3,000 calories per day, which is enough for to, to grow fat off of, like your average American. Uh, but we're not doing that currently. Uh, if we stop doing genetically modified food, we're not going to be able to do that. There's going to be more people starving, not fewer ones. Yes, right. there are definitely legal issues that should be resolved with genetically modified Absolutely. food. A lot of people are starving in countries because their farmers uh, are getting kicked out. Their crops are uh, getting taken away by Monsanto and other companies. But that's a legal legal issue, yes. not Genetic, genetically right. modified the, the food The major issue.
0: scare with the, the actual food seems to be what might happen. What might happen? We need more testing. Well, you know what? I'm happy just having food to eat. Yes. I yes. like I like <laughs> having food to eat. And I like having... She was talking about how there are less choices. I don't know what she's talking about. Look at the apple section. There's like 50 apples now. I'm overwhelmed already. More <laughs> on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, get your holiday shopping done at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live, will get a percentage of your purchase Head over to Amazon.freetalklive.com. You can shop in 41 categories. You can buy used items if you need to save a few extra bucks. You can, of course, read reviews of the products that you're planning on purchasing to find out if they're any good. Uh, and you can get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Of course, as it gets closer to Christmas time, you're probably going to have to speed up your shipping if you want to make it in
1: time. I believe there's still a day or two left to get the free Super Saver shipping in time for Christmas. You're though. probably correct. So uh,
0: do not delay. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com and get all your holiday shopping done in any other time of the year whenever you need stuff you can find it at amazon.freetalklive.com. Oh, and one other thing, if you're looking at buying computer parts, you'll want to consider shopping at newegg.freetalklive.com. They're kind of the uh, the internet authority on all things computer parts it's where I do my computer part shopping. And uh, we'll get a percentage if you enter through that link at Newegg. That's newegg.freetalklive.com.
1: They've been around for a long time. I built my first computer off parts from Newegg. It's
0: another good website. Uh, They've got great reviews on their sites as well, user reviews of all the parts and a useful site. Newegg.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. We talk to Thomas in California. Oh, excuse me. Make that David in New York. David, you are on Free Talk Live.
5: Evening, fellas.
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
5: <clears throat> well, I wanted to talk about the GMO food, and I must say the statements you made before the last break may be uh, a little angry.
0: Okay. What's uh, the, what statement in particular?
5: Well, just the fact that you're advocating something you don't seem to completely understand, and I'm not claiming that I completely understand it either, but based on the fact that it's a new frontier in science and based on the fact that animals and plants can procreate and spread their genes among the planet – it seems to me it needs to be something that we're really careful about. I mean, Monsanto is designing Terminator genes, which stop the plants from reproducing. So you have to go back to Monsanto for a new set of seeds.
0: Okay, well, right. Pollen, I see where you're coming from on, on that. Now well you're the the talking about legal plant. issues. Now you're talking about issues that have to do with business. And Are we, are we no, talking about
5: those the... Spread. Uh-huh. Those, the pollen from the canola seeds spread? other people's canola plants and kills them. And it can potentially wipe out any specific species they choose to genetically modify. Now, when you think of an organism, when you think of an apple, an apple is just not one thing. An apple tree is just not one thing. It's millions of thousands of cells with different functions. When they genetically modify something, they take a gene gun and shoot a genetic string inside the DNA code. And in that DNA code is a whole bunch of stuff that we don't completely understand yet. It's basically a lineage of the plant and where it came from and what it evolved from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you get unpredicted reactions. I Before you advocate something like this, I advise you, to watch the seeds of deception and maybe read a book on it or something because it's, it has to be one of the scariest issues humanity is facing Wait, are you, you what is so scary I'm sorry TV, what
0: is so scary about putting food in people's mouths that don't have it? well
5: the food issue is because the planet is badly managed we got enough water we got enough sunshine to grow all the food we possibly need without genetically modifying anything we got enough
1: but we don't in the future. The As the Earth's population goes up, we're not going to have enough land to grow food without using genetically modified um, uh, food. We're not going to be able to feed everyone on the planet without well, modifying it. not at all. It. You
5: could fit everybody into Australia with a third of an acre, and I brought that issue up last time i called it that may be true have, but
0: but farmers only have a certain uh, a certain size of an area in which they can grow and if genetically modified foods allows them to uh, triple their yield i don't know what it does you know how much extra yield they get but it's significant worth doing apparently if are messing uh,
5: with the fabric of life
0: so in ways what that we
5: cannot understand so
0: i mean th- that's like saying that you shouldn't have surgery because you're messing with the fabric of life but so but
1: can't spread
0: it look, I see where you're coming from with this. I, look, I'm with you, David, on the idea that like, Monsanto is creating some sort of Terminator seed that oh, you can only grow once. I think that's an awful idea, and it has to do with intellectual property, and it has to do with you know, them trying to monopolize the business. So I'm with you on that point. But I have no objection to people modifying things and changing things and experimenting and seeing what and works. Putting
5: that out in the air where it can affect all the flora and fauna on the planet? Without doing proper research about it, putting what out in the air with the people,
0: putting what in the air. What are you talking about?
5: Well, when you grow plants, they throw pollen around, don't they? That's how they reproduce, correct? Okay, sure. You can cross pollinate plants, correct? I mean, that's how we got half the stuff we see on the planet today is from cross pollination. Okay. So when you genetically modify something and you get an unpredictable reaction, and you put that out in a farm somewhere it could potentially spread from one corner of the globe to the next, correct?
0: I guess that's potentially true, but genetically modified foods have been around since the early 1990s, so where's this big calamity that you're talking about? Seems to me that we have more food than we ever had before, and it's working uh, pretty well, with the exception of the legal issues that we've been talking about.
5: If you watch The Seeds of Deception, oh, you'll I'm sure that yes. going on. I'm they sure it's a very farmers, I'm sure it's a very balanced
0: presentation. Thank you for the call
1: David. 800-259-9231. Reminds me of my freshman year in college where my I had my environmental studies teacher was all the same exact same stuff. Same stuff. And Did he force you to watch The Seeds of Deception? Uh, we watched something like that. I don't, <laughs> don't know which one it was, but it got to the point where I, people were just shutting them him out because it was just so ridiculous about it, telling doom and gloom within the next five years, and that was five years ago, actually six years ago, and um we haven't all died yet. They said that if we continued down this line of genetically modified food, there would be no way for any of us for us to grow any crops whatsoever in the next five years. It's gonna scorch to the earth and we're still able to grow crops. I mean, yes, potentially right. with the Terminator seeds, uh you can potentially do uh, have uh, drastic effects in theory, but it doesn't happen, it seems.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there's still regular seeds out there that you can grow. It's not like every seed in the world is the Terminator seed. I guess he's suggesting that that will somehow uh, mix with the existing plants to where it will create new Terminator plants where they didn't exist before. Which but it
1: hasn't done that yet. That's, right. the, that's the theory that my environmental studies teacher was trying to push on us, that that's going to happen and it'll ruin everything for everyone, but it isn't.
0: 1-800-259-9231. want to hear from you with your thoughts on this genetically modified foods. Is it a nightmare waiting to happen, or is it something that's great because it will put food in starving people's mouths? I'll take the latter. Let's talk to Brian in New Hampshire. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live on the Ampline.
6: Hey, guys. I'm uh, not listening to the show. I'm still without power or Internet, but uh, uh, Dr. Osborne called me and said you were talking about bees or something.
0: Yeah, one of the callers earlier uh, in this whole genetically modified food conversation dropped a suggestion that there seems to be some problem with the bees. And I remember this was an issue like a year ago where some some people were saying that the bees were disappearing. Uh, and that's what she was alleging, that the bees are going away and it has something to do with genetically modified foods. What What do you have to say?
6: Yeah, well, it even has an acronym, CCE, Colony Collapse Disorder. And, uh, yeah, the, the the people are saying, though well, there's not as many bees and we don't know why. Although uh, there are people in the organic bee community who do know why, or think they know why, uh, and that, that's what what we do. Uh, the problem that, that uh, really hasn't been addressed is that they've been uh, breeding bees to be bigger and bigger and bigger, because a, a bigger bee, like a bigger you know airplane, can carry more payload. Mm-hmm. so as these bees get bigger, uh, you know they're to make more honey. Uh, these uh, tracheal mites uh, that uh, obviously come in the trachea of the uh, of the bee uh, can take over because they they have more room to uh, you know to do their damage. Uh-huh. And uh, the organic beekeepers are starting to make smaller bees, and, and it's really easy. You take the same bees and you just give them a smaller place, you know, a smaller cell to put their 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 uh, young ones in, mm-hmm. and they end up being smaller. Now the smaller ones don't produce as much honey, but they do. Uh, they are much uh, less vulnerable to this uh, tracheal mite um, thing.
0: So they have uh, solved the problem by reversing the process.
6: Yeah, they, 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 they've solved it by yeah by making the bees back to what their you know normal size has been for the past ten million years.
0: Right. And and with this whole, I mean, it sounds similar to the seed situation. Like if you have the seeds that are causing all this damage, then you just go back to using the old seeds. It's not like those have disappeared off the face of the earth. And it's not like regular bees have completely been eliminated. So clearly you can start the, the process all over again.
6: Well, the thing that concerns me is that every uh, you know, there's a mystery here. Why are the bees disappearing? Why are the frogs disappearing? Everybody trots out their favorite boogeyman. You know, uh, the people who are worried about cell phones say, "Well, the cell phones are, are doing it." You know, all these new uh, you know, <laughs> radio waves in the sky. And the GM people are saying, "Well, yeah. oh, the GM foods are doing it." You know, the pesticide people are saying, "Well, the pesticides are doing it." So everybody's got their boogeyman, and they're all blaming the same boogeyman uh, as the problem to the bees or frogs or whatever disappearing. But we, 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 see, we see a lot of bees around here. You know, they're, they're not gone. They just hunker down for the winter.
0: Good to know. Brian, thanks for the clarification. I appreciate hearing from you and the expertise as well at 800-259-9231. Uh, we've still got Kurt on the oh, – no, we don't. Uh, we've got Tony who wants to talk to us about the genetically modified thing. We'll come back and talk to him in hour number three if he hangs on, and we'll take your calls as well. Are the genetically modified critics overreacting? Are they freaking out, over, making much ado over nothing? Or is there something to what it is that they have to say? Is this really something that could destroy the world's food supply? Hour 3 coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We have been talking uh, for a little while now uh, about the genetically modified food phenomenon. It was actually a... uh, Subtopic of uh, a related topic that came up after we were discussing a raid on a food co-op out in Ohio, and we might actually get back to that. But the uh, the food genetically modified food discussion has blown up. Uh, Phone calls were coming in. We saw Tony hanging on. We're going to get right to him. Tony in California, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian and Toby. Hello, Tony in California, going once. Hello. Hey, Tony, you're on the air. Okay, are you there? Yes, sir.
7: Okay, good. Yeah. Hey, I want to share a little bit about what I know about uh, genetically modified foods. And, yeah, I I do think it's good to to look at the, uh, you know, original root topic, which is, you know, freedom of where to buy your food. And that is, I think I might even actually cover that uh, a little bit. Now, I've heard uh, Jeffrey Smith interviewed probably half a dozen, maybe even a dozen times on a couple other shows on the network. Okay, so I'll share a little bit. First, I'll go over... Uh, a little bit about the things I've heard about B.T. Cotton. Okay, now Melinda talked about, uh,
0: about the farmers. B.T. Cotton? S- Hello? B.T. Cotton? What does yeah, that stand BT
7: for? B.T. Cotton is the Monsanto cotton. Okay. What's the B.T. Now, what's stand for? Now happened over there is, is Monsanto ha- hasn't forced the farmers. I I didn't know about this, uh, about sending women around to the villages to talk, uh, you know, uh, uh selling genetically modified uh, cotton but well uh, just you know, because uh,
0: one you know just because one caller says something doesn't make it true but i mean well, sales yeah, is
7: yeah, absolutely you're right yeah but uh, so
0: you're talking about the pest resistant cotton
7: yeah i i uh apparently it has uh uh pesticide in it so uh that's one of the things that happens is you get uh you know uh jeffrey smith was talking about this uh you know uh this itching that starts occurring uh, from the cotton but basically the uh you know monsanto has you know told these farmers over in india here buy this stuff and it's on a buy now pay later kind of thing uh but you know you can only buy the uh you know you have to use their pesticide and you can only use their seed and then one uh when the uh w- when the crops don't turn out you know they have they have them promised of uh producing more crop i guess mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers are that 125,000 farmers have committed suicide over that because it's a pretty prop- big
0: number. Where where's that coming from?
7: Uh, I read it in an Indian newspaper. I think it was Telegraph.co.uk, and then also uh, 125,000 farmers in
0: 125, India. 125,000
7: farmers. What in they do is they only in the India. Suicide. Only in India.
0: Okay, yeah. what do they do now?
7: 125,000 farmers have committed suicide over this genetically modified uh, BT cotton when their crops don't turn out. In other words, when they're, you know, farmers, that's a hard life, because when their crops don't turn out, then, uh, you know, they don't have any money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Make sense? Hmm. Okay. So you're telling me that the cotton is is uh, is hurting people? You're telling me that when they put on a T-shirt made with the genetically modified cotton, it makes you itch? Yes. Uh-huh and, so and, and w- 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 hold on a second. where are these shirts being sold? Are they being sold in America?:
7: Well, uh, you know go look at the uh, at the label. Do you look at the labels when you go shopping?:
0: No, not really. I do. If it tastes good, I eat it, and if it no, feels no, no, good, no, I I'll wear about it shirts. If it feels good, I'll wear it. you've got to be kidding me, man. I mean, people, if they're itching, if their clothes are itching, they're going to return them. So why would anybody buy this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's because it sounds like nonsense to me. I mean, where, where are you getting your information from? Some guy named Jeffrey Smith? Who is he? That's What's his right. qualification?
7: Uh, well, he's written two books on it. Whoa,
0: he can write books. All right, what else has he got?
7: Uh, what about talk about genetically modified corn? Where Go uh, ahead. they've done several studies, including an Austrian government study that was a long-term study where the mice uh, grow, uh, where uh, the corn grows its own pesticide in the stomach. And then uh the pesticide is found to linger in the stomach even after you stop eating the corn. Do you like that?
0: I'm sorry, I I, ha- I have to admit I was not paying attention to you. I was looking up the uh the farmer suicide story. What was that? Go ahead one more time.
7: Okay, so you found that. Okay. Yep. So now the uh uh the GM corn has something to do with uh it it also grows its own pesticide and then remains in your uh intestinal tract. Of course, this is one of the myths. That the uh, you know the Monsanto people they put out they say well these pesticides will die in your intestinal tract and well actually uh, uh, you know blind test studies have found that they that the pesticides don't die and they actually remain in your intestinal tract long after you stop eating the genetically modified corn. Also uh, mice have been found to become sterile even when they're around the husks of the genetically modified
0: so uh so are you saying that people are are dying because of the pesticides or just that they stay in your intestinal tract
7: well i mean these are the studies that they're doing on mice and so
0: yeah you
7: know (laughs) yeah you know i I can't really tell you now there's well now there's a fact that people are living
0: longer than ever right i mean there you can point that out right longer than ever what's that who's living longer people are living longer than ever today than they did in the past
7: uh, I haven't looked up. The, I, I don't know where you're getting that data from. You don't believe that's th- the, you don't believe that's well, I true. I don't know. I, I, People I've used heard, to die in I, their I've 30s. I've heard actually that they're living less, but I don't. I haven't looked into it. I'll look into it and get
0: back People to you. People used up. to die in their 30s. 30 used to be old. 35 used to be old age. Now we can make it to 80, 90, 100, over 100 years old. It seems to me that, if anything, the health of mankind is on an upswing, not on some sort of uh, terrible, uh, calamitous uh, downswing as a result of eating bad corn. I mean, I I, I can understand where you're coming from, all these scary stories and everything, but look, man, I'd rather have food than no food at all. And there are people out there in the world that are starving to death. Do you think that they should starve, or should they have food that might leave a little pestilence? Well, we were belly. going
7: over that today because, uh, because I'm a member of a networking group, and there's a guy that I found out is homeless, and so a woman brought in some food, and, you know, we were going over the labels and stuff, you know, but, the, uh, yeah, I, well, that, that, that is a good question. Do you want me to go over the uh, South Africa Conference on Genetically Modified Food?
0: It sounds gripping. What, 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 okay. what well, do you have to say? I don't have say? the
7: exact source, but I heard Jeffrey Smith talking about it.
0: And oh, uh, there
7: was uh, – uh, Monsanto was down there, uh, you know, uh, uh, pr- promoting their genetically modified foods. And then uh, the camera went off, but apparently the mic was still on. And the representative from uh, Monsanto – I could be wrong. I don't know if it was Monsanto, but I believe it was – said, you just wait. We're going to contaminate – uh, this whole country, so nobody else will be able to grow anything but genetically modified foods. And you can look up uh, stories where, uh, where uh, companies, where Monsanto goes around and finds these crops. You know, what they do is they, they go onto people's property and they take the soil samples and they find out uh, that it's, you know, they're patented corn, so they sue
0: yeah, I I, there, there, uh, I was I looking think that up are that some information. There
7: issues mixed in here, Ian. I think you ought to look into this stuff. I
0: well, I, I already said that I agree with the legal portions of this. The idea yeah. that somebody could patent uh, DNA I find outrageous. I find patents in general to be a bad idea. So, I'm with well, you on that part. But the whole idea that, you know, there's something uh, you know, that we need to be real co- I I'm sure they're they're testing these foods and they're testing the cotton and it seems like this is really a lot of conspiracy theory okay, stuff. well, now look at to it me. this way though. It really does. Okay.
7: Now, don't 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 you think that uh, that uh, that I should have the liberty to eat the kind of foods that I want?
0: You do. You can go and okay. eat whatever foods you want. So to. Now, if
7: you were to find out that uh, that that these uh, you know claims about uh, Monsanto corn and and cotton and and everything else spreading around the world, so that I wouldn't have the freedom, don't you think that would shine a little bit of a different light?
0: Nobody's stopping you from being able to eat the food that you want to eat, man. Go ahead and uh, and plant the food you want to plant. Well,
7: but you see, and, I mean, as long as you're not local, right next to
0: a Monsanto farm, you should be okay, right? For well, the most part. You
7: see, even here locally, uh, there there was a. I was talking to one of the local farmers, and uh, they produce all the sage in the country that uh, you know people can have in their turkeys, and uh, the the local market wouldn't buy the sage from them because they said, "Oh, it's not uh, organic," even though they knew they were growing organic. But actually what was happening was it was spraying over pesticides from the pumpkin farm. So you want to look into uh, the Natural Solutions Foundation. They're down there in Panama creating a – it's called a lifeboat community, and they're teaching people how to farm – Uh, to avoid that kind of stuff.
0: There you go. And, you know, if you're really worried about this, you could always farm indoors if you wanted to. Yes, exactly. That's one of the things they're
7: teaching.
0: There you go. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the Sekels CAI toll-free line. Also, I did a little digging on the uh, the Terminator seeds. We'll talk more about that here in moments. Is that as scary as they make it sound? Uh, We'll talk about that and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include, by the way, the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they've listened to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And funnobs.com is an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and pulls catered toward consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. Funnobs.com is the creation of parent company Internobs.com, online since 2004. Use the code FTL to save 10% at com. Before we continue with the phone calls here, I'd like to address just a couple of the things that have come up. Obviously, it's Free Talk Live. Anybody can call about anything, which means you can call and make whatever claims you want to, and since Toby and I are just talk show hosts, we're certainly not experts at much of anything, uh, we really don't know if what you're saying is true, so we do our best to, uh, I mean, in a, in a case like this controversial issue that we're discussing tonight of genetically modified foods, we're using our pal the internet to help us uh, possibly respond to some of the things that have been claimed and things that have been said. Uh, The last caller Tony in California had a lot to say about the genetically modified foods and cotton and things like that and he mentioned this Jeffrey Smith character and I got an email from somebody named Frank who says uh, who mentions three books also by Jeffrey Smith. He says read these then comment on it when you're more knowledgeable. You guys are pathetic.
1: So People get passionate about this. I mean they do. it's it's a, a hot button issue for some people and emotions start to get going and uh, it, it's tough to counter some of the claims because I mean, how are we supposed to know what's real and what's not real? I mean, a lot of these uh, people who are calling in are getting their information from the internet too, and there's sure. information that goes all different ways on the internet, and you don't really know what's reliable and what's not all the time. So let's give a little bit of counter information
0: here to what Tony said a few moments ago. One of the things he one of the things he claims was that the uh, the genetically modified cotton has pesticide in it, and therefore it causes itching, which is the most ludicrous claim I've ever heard, because why would somebody want to purchase a t-shirt that made you itch? I mean, wool is bad enough. Cotton is not supposed to itch. Cotton is supposed to be smooth and soft and cool. And
1: I found my recent T-shirt purchases, they're getting softer, not not itchier. (laughs) And I wouldn't be buying them if they were itchier. I'd go with the softer kind.
0: That one seemed pretty absurd right on its face. But then he made the claim that, uh, according to this, you know, Jeffrey Smith or whoever, that Indian farmers, actually according to Jeffrey Smith and he cited uh, a UK, uh, a, a relatively... Uh, reliable uh, UK news source. Mainstream newspaper. Yeah, it was a mainstream source. And so I went and he said that uh, Indian farmers were killing themselves. Like over 125,000 farmers have killed themselves, allegedly because their GM crops failed. They were sold this, you know, they, some salesman came by and said, oh, you need to buy these seeds. They're going to help you. They're going to be better seeds. And then they plant the seeds and the crops fail and they're out of money. So they killed themselves. It's an alarming
1: number of people. Well, you gave me some details on that, Toby. Did you say it was over 10 years? Yeah, it's a, it's between 1997 and 2007. So it's a number. Lar- large span of time we're talking about here and and there uh, are a lot
0: of people in India
1: Yeah there is uh, over a billion people in India and so yeah it's higher suicide rates i think uh, some of the sources i were, was getting as the suicide rates are uh, roughly two to four times higher of that of people in the United States. Of the yet.
0: U.S., but then again, their living situation in India is, is probably different. more than two times worse than what we have here in America. And on top of all that, uh, I mean, even those numbers right there don't make it seem as bad, but still, 125,000 people killing themselves, you have to say, well, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something to the claims that the uh, is because of the genetically modified foods. Well, uh, doing more Internet searching results in a different U.K. news source. This time, The Guardian, saying that suicides among Indian farmers have not increased as a result of the introduction of GM crops. According to a large scientific study, the finding runs counter to arguments often cited by... I guess NGO stands for a non-governmental organization. In the country such as Gene Camp, Gene Campaign that opposed GM crops, they say that the supposed hike in suicide is a tragic social consequence of farmers being forced into debt as a result of growing the crops. Now, I don't know if that's uh, that's even the right terminology. I mean, if what they're saying is true, and that is that the farmers are being sold this new product – some salesman, mean he, he claimed it was their wives, that they were recruiting their wives to sell to the, the farmers, but whatever. Uh, let's say some persuasive salesman comes by and says, Toby, we're going to double your yield here, just buy our seeds, and you're going to double your yield of cotton. These are the best seeds on the marketplace. They might be a little more expensive, but it's going to double your yield. And you go and you plant those seeds and it doesn't work out. If you didn't get a guarantee on the seeds, then you're just a sucker. And you weren't forced to buy the seeds. You weren't forced to plant those seeds. You made the choice as a business person to take a risk and invest in something that for you was unproven. And if it turned out that it didn't work for you, then that's just you losing money on a business investment. It's not you being forced to use genetically modified seeds or being forced into poverty or
1: something like that. It's just you you blew it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, buyer beware. And yeah, I, I mean, I've got a feel for these people, too, because I'm sure that there is... I don't know what sales tactics were used and how honest the salesmen were. I mean, it's tough to say, but, I mean, buyer beware. You've got to look out for your own and uh, invest wisely.
0: Right, and and if... and a lot of these objections that we've been listening to about genetically modified food seems to be more around the legal and business end like oh Monsanto's a bad company and uh, they're working with the government and pat- they're patenting the dna and they're they're enforcing their patents and uh, patents i disagree with completely so i'm there with you on that part so a lot of, but a lot of it seems to have to do with business oh their salesmen are pushy and or whatever but if genetically modified crops were bad If they were generally bad and they didn't grow, then nobody would be using them. No, they they grow no, but, very nicely. Right. So, I, I mean, it's just like everything, most of what these people are saying just run counter to reality. And so back to the, the story here about the suicides. It was apparently it was Prince Charles that first brought this out in some sort of uh, video lecture saying that a truly appalling and tragic rate of small farmer suicides in India stemming in part from the failure of many GM crop varieties. But the new analysis suggests that, if anything, suicides among farmers have been decreasing since the introduction of genetically modified cotton by Monsanto in 2002. According to the International Food Policy Research Institute, uh, this, the, the people that did the report, they said it's not only inaccurate but simply wrong to blame the use of BT cotton as the primary cause of farmer suicides. In India. It also found that the adoption of pest resistant BT cotton varieties had led to massive increases in yield
1: and a 40% decrease in pesticide use. You know, Ian, I think that if uh, a lot of the people who don't like genetically modified food, they're just so passionate about it that they they can't hear anything good about genetically modified food. It's all got to be bad or they're not going to be listening to you. And I think that that kind of stalls them in their place because when they talk to people, a lot of people just shut down from it. They're not listening to their arguments because clearly they're just throwing out numbers out there because they want you to listen to them and come on their side. Genetically modified food is bad. I mean, yes, there are aspects of it that we should be working to change, the legal aspects. But those people aren't concentrating on that. They're concentrating on all this other stuff which makes people like me when i listen to them just kind of okay yeah whatever well and what about the other factor here
0: like if these people could have their way there would be no more genetically modified foods right so is their ideal situation to persuade everybody to stop using these wonderful seeds or to force them to stop what are they planning it's free talk live hey podcast listeners I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over twenty five. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Com, and those features include the bulletin board system. Get involved with over 400,000 posts, thousands of uh, users, lots to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That again, bbs.freetalklive.com. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? Privacyharbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential guaranteed. Privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hello, Frank. Hi, guys. How are you doing? What's on your mind tonight? Good. I just wanted to talk about the organic food. I want to let you know I didn't send you any email, so that you know. Oh, so, yeah. I didn't me.
0: say it was you, Frank. It was just a Frank that sent yeah, an email. Yeah. Listen,
8: what I wanted to say is this: that probably what happened with many of the farmers in India is that they had to go into debt to buy their seeds, and when they, when the crops didn't turn out as promised, mm-hmm. they could not pay off the debt, therefore they committed suicide. The IMF and the World Bank have, have research studies on this, and it's really tragic in India. What's happening is big multinational corporations are going in and setting up big agra uh, combines and farms, kind of like what we have in the United States, whereby mm-hmm. the family farmer is just sort of something from the mythic past. Really, it's all corporate. But I wanted to say this, that you know, Prince Charles at Highgrove, his little estate where he uh, has his organic... Farm and you know grows his own veggies and things and raises his own free-range livestock. Uh, You know he he, he's really into organic food as is David Rockefeller, who has on the Bocantico estate in New York, the Stone Barn Farms and the gourmet restaurant that. You know, individuals can make reservations that's, three months in that's advance interesting, and, go up Frank. and spend be- seventy, eighty dollars a plate to have organic food that's all grown on the farm.
0: You know, that's very interesting that you bring that up because a lot yeah. of the people that are talking about how scary genetically modified food is supposed to be are kind of the conspiracy fringers, the, uh, the you know, the fringe conspiracy theorists. Well, the real issue are I'm eating genetically here. modified Frank. food. They're eating Frank. organic. Trying to make a point here. Uh, you know, I'll let you go on in a moment. But the the conspiracy fringers tend to also believe that the world's elite are trying to kill 80% of the world's population. But if what you say is true, and David Rockefeller, one of the most you know the wealthiest families in the world, is actually in favor of organic food, doesn't that run counter to what the uh, the fringers believe? I mean, if they're trying to to exterminate 80% of the world's population, and genetically modified food is indeed an important factor, but at the same time, they're huge proponents of organic food, doesn't that kind of cross paths? It's all a part of the conspiracy. It
8: just shows that those in power and money and the people, the movers and shakers, are going to need organic food while the masses are going to be forced to eat the cheaper, genetically modified food. And the reason why everyone's concerned about the genetically modified food is the fact that there really haven't been lots of tests done objectively. Uh, One thing that happens, too, in India, a lot of people don't understand with the Terminator seed, once you... Buy the seed and you grow it. There are no seeds from the crop that you can plant next year. You have to buy more seeds from Monsanto. So if you were to plant the little seeds, nothing's going to happen. So you know, a lot of people in India may not understand that when they buy the Terminator seeds from Monsanto, that that's only for the one year, and they have to buy the the seeds again. According to uh, uh,
0: Frank, according to Wikipedia, and this is I'm glad you brought up the Terminator seeds again because I wanted to get to that. Uh, Now, again, it's Wikipedia, which, eh, well, we don't know how accurate it is, but it's the best I've got for right now.
8: We know the CIA edits it.
0: Well, anybody can edit. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody can edit Wikipedia. Uh, So uh, according to Wikipedia, it says here that they're not even commercially available, man. So nobody's buying Terminator seeds. You no, can't they, they're buy still them.
8: available, but they may have a different name now, because everyone's aware of you know the Terminator seeds. What I find interesting, even Prince Charles... Why would you
0: want to buy them? It's so It would take so much more effort to go out and replant the seeds every single year. It would seem like if there was another company out there offering genetically modified foods. I can't imagine Monsanto's the only company doing it. Well, because
8: uh, they have the patents on those seeds, so you can't go out and do a do a specific kind of corn when they own the patent to it. They, well, you could they do a different kind of corn. That, or they will sell the seeds to other manufacturers or, or other, other firms that, that deal in seeds. So, but Frank, interesting, I... Yes, go it's a ahead. monopoly with Monsanto.
0: you say saying it's a monopoly? They, there's no There are no other companies doing genetically modified crops? No,
8: no, no. But, but there's a specific brand of Terminator seeds. They Right. Own the uh, why would anybody want their, a Terminator their seed their to begin with?
0: Why? Why as a farmer would you want to buy a terminator seed to begin with? It doesn't make sense to me.
8: Well, it, it, in a way, it might be because the, the, you can. It, when you make the genetic seed, you may say that well, we don't want to have eighty percent of our crops eaten by bull weevils or something. So we have in that some natural, uh, let's say, pesticide from a plant that's actually put in there so that you won't have the little critters eating. The seed, so it's going to cost you less to let these things grow. And let's say you're you're dealing with something like tomatoes. Well, you don't want to have tomatoes that are very tasty with a thin skin because when you harvest them, half of them are going to be destroyed in the harvest with the machine because the tomatoes, uh, you know. So if you have a thicker skin. Mm It's going to make them more economical. I see it. F- it means I, you'll get like 90% Frank, of your crop. You'll I understand
0: where you're coming. I understand from a business perspective yeah, that's it. That's wh- really why it. they do it that way. And I thank you for the call tonight. Uh, look, I understand why Monsanto is trying to do this from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. And if indeed they are the only purveyor of genetically modified seeds on the marketplace, then it kind of makes sense. But I find that hard to believe. There must be competition out there.
1: Yeah, there's got to be.
0: Right. From a business perspective, it makes sense. The sales pitch would be, you use our seeds and you'll get bigger yields, and it'll be more pest resistant, resistant to cold, thicker skin, whatever it is that the sales pitch is, like why you want this crop over the regular crop. That all makes sense, and then Monsanto would want to put the Terminator uh, factor in there, so they have to buy more seeds from Monsanto the next year to keep their business going, As a, instead of being able to just buy one crop of seeds and then never have to buy them again. So I understand the reasoning for it, and it only works in a monopoly situation. If Monsanto is the only company selling genetically modified seeds, then they could get away with using the Terminator gene. Now, Frank is saying he believes that it's in use. According to Wikipedia, it's not. Uh, according to the story here, they uh, the actual terminology is genetic use restriction technology. It's we call it. They're, we're calling it Terminator technology. And it's the name given to proposed methods, proposed methods for restricting the use of genetically modified plants by causing second generation seeds to be sterile. So the t- technology was under development uh, by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and Delta and Pineland Company in the 1990s and is not yet commercially available. Be- because some stakeholders expressed concerns this technology might lead to dependence for poor smallholder farms, Monsanto, the agricultural products company and world's biggest seed supplier, see, they're the world's biggest seed supplier, but there are others Uh, pledged not to commercialize the technology in 1999. However, in 2003, it did renege on its promise by publishing a position paper espousing the use. Then, in 2006, it acquired Delta and Pineland Company. So I'm not saying that they won't introduce this technology, Mm -hmm. but but the Wikipedia is saying they have not yet done so. And uh, in addition to that... One of the other concerns that an earlier caller had suggested about the Terminator seeds, if the, the pollen spreads everywhere, it'll get into the other plants and it'll terminate all of the crops. No more crops will be grown. And I said at that time, I said, well, you could still buy regular seeds and plant those. Mm-hmm. And in addition, uh, the Wikipedia actually uh, article actually addresses this. It says here that there's a concern that the the Terminator plants could cross-pollinate with non-genetically modified plants, either in the wild or on the fields of, uh, of farmers who don't adopt the technology. And though they're supposed to produce sterile seeds, there's a concern this trait will not be expressed in the first generation of a small percentage of these plants, but expressed in later generations. Doesn't seem to be much of a problem in the wild, as sterile plants would naturally be selected out of a population within one generation of trait expression. Yeah, that makes sense. So <laughs> unless unless the Terminator uh, pollen takes over 100 percent of the
1: plant population, there's nothing to worry then about. there's nothing to you worry about. you think people were freaking out about mules when they first came out on the market? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, it's just amazing. There's just so much misinformation and so much uh, so many scare tactics, and I. Still Still want to know what their proposal is from these anti-genetically modified foods people. Are you proposing to go in and force people to use the older, out-of-date seeds? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in here at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. That number is brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. That's uh, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help us out, then fill out our survey. If you're over the age of 25, uh, you are underrepresented in our user survey. We know a lot of our listeners are over the age of 25. We know we've got a lot of younger listeners, too. But the fact is, younger listeners are just more likely to go and fill out online surveys. So we need you, if you're over the age of 25, to go to survey.freetalklive.com. And we don't even really need you to fill out the whole thing. If you'd like, uh, you can just answer the questions about your your gender and your age. And that's it. So really, I mean, this is going to take you 30 seconds, if not 20 seconds to take care of survey.freetalklive.com. It'll help out Mark, uh, who, by the way, is on vacation. Be back sometime after Christmas. Until then, we'll uh, be hearing from all of our co-hosts. And I think at some point we're going to have Dale. I think Dale's coming in from anarchyinyourhead.com to co-host for the first time this week. So that should be fun. Uh, so, by the way, Toby, thanks uh, for coming in tonight and also next Monday. Uh, you can get more of Toby on his radio show, Free Minds Radio. You can go to freemindsradio.com. You can listen to podcasts, uh, podcast archives of the show. Uh, you've also got a television show, com. It's actually the same website. And uh, people can grab all of that stuff. It's all completely free, which is, of course, in my opinion, the way a good website should be. And uh, so watch the TV side, listen to the radio side, and you can tune it in online live on Sundays.
1: Yeah, it's like the the Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Same format and everything (laughs) out of the same studio, same phone number. (laughs) Hey, go with what you know, right? Hey, it's a format that works. Uh,
0: exactly. So we're talking uh, about this genetically modified food scare. A lot of people really scared about this stuff, but they probably unwittingly have been eating it for a decade and a half and you, have been completely healthy.
1: You know, if we hadn't unearthed all the counter-arguments to a lot of what's going on and we were just left hanging with what some of the claims that were made, I might mm-hmm. be a little bit nervous about GM food, too, sure. but I mean uh you you've read the counterclaims to everything too and a lot yep. of it out there is simply scare tactics
0: they're just yeah they're just scary stories and i did do a little digging on uh i found out about a uh, l- little bit about jeffrey smith from his own bio here uh this is the guy that the i mean this is like the expert this is the go-to guy mm-hmm. the the anti genetically modified foods guy it's what these people have been suggesting you should go watch his movie seeds of deception uh or read his books yeah, I've got a lot of books that I need to read, and yeah, this guy's books clearly are not fair
1: and balanced, going to give you an uh, objective <laughs> view of what's going on, and you can make your own decision when you're done with it. I'm sure. Just
0: to give you an idea of who this guy is, uh, from his website seedsofdeception.com, Mr. Smith has counseled world leaders from every continent, influenced the first state laws regulating genetically modified organisms, and has united leaders to support the campaign for healthier eating in America, a revolutionary industry and consumer movement. To remove genetically modified organisms from the natural food industry. So, yes, that is what these people want. They want to force these businesses. To stop using genetically modified technology, to stop getting higher yields, to stop having hardier uh, crops that can be more resistant to uh, to, to bad conditions like we- cold weather and and uh, and pests and things like that, he wants to use the force of government to stop all of this.
1: Why can't he just? Choose a different product and eat uh, natural or organic food. I mean, well, it's why... not good enough because it's going to take over all of the croplands. Uh, but it's Toby. not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's coming from both sides. I mean, on one hand, you have the government of where the story originated from going after the food co op because they're unlicensed, going after the little guy. And then from the other side, you have uh, the. I don't know, a conspiracy nuts, yeah. uh, going after gem- genetically modified food and the big guy and both of them trying to use the force of government to come down on people when really just let consumers decide. I mean, yeah. the same people who want to use the force of government to stop genetically modified food says it. Tastes worse anyway, so why would you even eat it? Yeah, so, the market will, de- yeah, the market will decide: is it worse or is it okay?
0: And and yeah, the fact is, it's been going on since the early 1990s, and people are so concerned about uh, about testing. I got an instant message from somebody who uh, is saying, "So in your reckless, carefree, bring it on, wild man opinion, you think anything the scientists do when it comes to genetic modification without adequate testing is okay?" Whatever doesn't kill us will make us stronger, or give us a third arm, tumor, or bark for skin a few generations down the road is A-okay. Look, I'm sure that these guys are testing it to some extent before releasing it on the marketplace, but what are you advocating? I mean, how many decades should they have to test well, this for before we can try it for ourselves and clearly, see if it tastes 100
1: good? A hundred years. Uh, test it for <laughs> as long as someone could live and then study all the health effects on them. When You know what? I'd like more food now, I mean, it not sounds wait a like hundred years for it. The
0: guy's <laughs> supposed to be a liberty-minded person, but it sounds to me like he's mandating, uh, advocating mandated testing.
1: Everybody has their hot-button issue.
0: I test, I test the genetically modified foods every time I eat an apple.
1: And you, you're, you're healthy. And I think, I think I'm healthy. I, I feel healthy, feel too, healthy. and I've, I've been, I haven't been going for the organic choice either. I mean, <laughs> and I, I'm very healthy. <laughs> Let's go to
0: your phone calls. Buck is on the line in Montana. Buck, you're on Free Talk Live. Buck, going once. Buck's gone. Let's try Keith in Texas. Keith, you are on Free Talk Live.
9: Hey, Ian, what's going on today?
0: Hey, Keith, what's on your mind?
9: Uh, I just want I've been sitting here, listening since the first of the show where it started out where tomatoes didn't taste as good as more, and one seed's going to take over the world and and uh, you know pretty much since the uh, early eighties uh, most seeds that sold in uh, grocery stores won't uh reproduce unless they say organic on the package and i don 't see too many people dying from that, but what really concerns me is uh I can sit here in my house and have to worry about the Gestapo knocking down my door because I might be growing a marijuana plant or smoking a joint, or I walk to the store and get my teeth knocked out because they cop stop me and I don't have my ID on me. And it mm. seems to me there's a lot more serious problems that people are missing here at home. That's why I'm behind this uh, free state project so go much. We need to concentrate and get into it. Someplace where we can make the laws as we need them, and then we don't have to worry about everybody else and all these conspiracy
0: theories. Hey, I'm with you there. It's just that uh, people, people are concerned about this stuff. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, clearly, a lot of misinformation is out there, and uh, it's got people scared. And so if we can talk about that and, and help people be less scared about something that honestly to me seems like a, a boon to society, seems to me to be something that is fantastic, that's going to result in more food for people to eat. I think it uh, seems like a generally good thing, aside from all the legal aspects of uh, owning Seeds, I think that's pretty absurd. Sure, sure. So, I mean, people are concerned, and that's why they keep calling in.
9: If you keep people distracted on other things, they're not listening to what's really changing and uh, hurting them.
0: There you go, Keith. I thank you for the call, and I agree yeah. with you. There are definitely more important issues, and I'm glad you called in to uh, to, to bring it up. Uh, and that's the point of the show. Anybody can call about anything, and the, and the fact is when something comes up, uh, if people think it's important to them, they call in. So clearly, you know, Keith doesn't think this is such a big issue, but a lot of other people do. Although I point out that it seems like the majority of the callers tonight have been pretty much anti-genetically modified foods. Have you kind of noticed that, Toby? Seems like- it,
1: it. It is a hot-button issue for people, and I, I I don't think there's a whole lot of middle ground on it which is is sad because there should be more middle ground on it people out there like taking the same the stance that you are here saying well there's problems legally but the the world needs to eat and it's a growing (laughs) it's a growing world right if you were starving you'd feel differently
0: about this i'm sure (laughs) do you want nothing Or do you want the genetically modified tomato?
1: Yes. What's your choice? And for a lot of people out there, that's what it's going to come down to, is nothing or the genetically modified tomato, because as more people are populating the earth, there's less and less farming room, and more and more demand for food. I mean, people are going to be living in the uh, farmlands, and so we need technology to create new and better ways to grow food to feed the growing population of the world. And beyond that, the farmers want it, because it helps their yield. They get more
0: product, more, uh, you know, they get more crops that uh, that they can harvest. That means they can put more food on the table for their family, they can, uh, they can have more money in their bank account, and they can serve their customers better all at the same time, and they don't have to expand the farm they can do it all on the same plot of land that they've had for decades but now that plot of land produces more so economically it's it's a boon let's continue with dylan in texas dylan you're on free talk live
6: guys um i was listening to the discussion tonight about gmos uh hold on one second i need to adjust my tinfoil hat (laughs) um Yeah, you know, guys, I mean, I'm sorry. I just think you need to research this a bit more. I mean, I'm not anti-technology, and I don't think people who are against these are anti-technology. But if I had to choose to trust someone like Jeffrey Smith versus Monsanto, uh, I'm going to pick Jeffrey Smith. And uh, you skewed what it says on his website. I mean, you know, it says a consumer movement to remove GMOs. It doesn't talk about getting the government and forcing people to, uh, you know, forcing
5: companies
0: That's to not what it <laughs> that, yeah It doesn't say he wants to use government force, but it says also he's counseled world leaders, which means that he's uh, amongst the big boys oh, hanging out sound with like the politicos. That me. What's that? You sound
6: a little bit like a conspiracy theorist to me. Um, Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate
0: hearing from you. It's been Ian here with you.
1: And Toby.
0: And you can join. I'm sure if I dug deeper on Jeffrey Smith, we'd find out more that we don't like. We'll see you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com.